What is up, everybody? I am one of your hosts and the longest reigning current WWE pay-per-view champion. Look at how beautiful this title is. I mean, what's not to love about it? All these haters hate on this belt. It's okay. Uh, I am the hot commodity, Aunt C, and I'm joined by my good friend. I love how you always show up with wrestling attire. It makes me want to up my game. I even made this one myself. There you go. You made it yourself. Yeah, I did. Holy shit. We're gonna have to get some uh some more every day I learn something new from you. You got yeah, use my, use my wrestling stuff and now you make shirts. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. yeah. Hello everyone, Anthony here. Waiting to uh go over Raw and then we'll do a little night of champions prediction later on. Hopefully someone else can take that title from you. Uh we'll see. I mean it's it's been like five months now. No, over that. It's been like Seven months I've been champion. Damn, come on. No one's going to take this. Hold on to this since War Games. Well, we are covering WWE Monday Night Raw from May 22nd, 2023. They are live in Hershey, Pennsylvania, on the road to Night of Champions, which happens tomorrow, Saturday, May 27th, if I'm correct. Yes, yep. May 27th. Live 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific. 8 p.m. Well, I don't know what time it is over there, but desert time. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Mid I guess. Middle Eastern time. Uh, so I'm excited for this show, and this is the last Raw right before the pay-per-view. So we start the night off with Cody Rhodes arriving in the arena backstage, and Brock Lesnar comes out of nowhere and just absolutely destroys him. He sends Cody into crates and garage doors. And then Brock Lesnar slams a bear keg onto Cody's hand and arm. And it looks like he has a really hurt arm. What do you think about this attack out of nowhere? I wasn't expecting it. But, uh, I mean, lately that's been Brock's, like, ammo is to attack Cody from behind. Were you expecting that to start a brawl like that? And also what was cool, too, not to cut you off before you even start, was they say this happened earlier tonight. And you get like fucking their instant reactions. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like it's like, how did you not know that it happened? If it happened earlier tonight, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I wasn't expecting. It. Obviously, it's a good way to start off for all though. Um, you know, I'm looking at the, the picture over here now, but um, you know, it was cool. It was kind of uh, you know, Brock doing his thing. Uh, you know, being a beast about it. Um, obviously, it, it'll. It'll lead us into the story for the rest of the night. Obviously, you know, we're going to find out about Cody if he's even ready to go for the rest of the, for Night of Champions. Um, but, you know, Brock can, can do things like this. You know, if you piss him off, he's going to come after you and, you know, at any time, any day. So uh, Cody's kind of learning, you know, don't piss off the beast. And, uh, you know, Brock went after him with, with things that only Brock Lesnar seemed to be able to pick up. So it was a good way to start off Raw. This is giving me, like, Brock Lesnar when he destroys Zach Gowan vibes. Like, back in, like, SmackDown in 2003 when he just, like, threw him out of the wheelchair. Yeah. Like, he's just attacking, being malicious. And I like seeing Brock in this capacity as just, like, a beast. Um, Kind of like it even harkens back to when he lost, was it 2015? And he, like, came out and he just destroyed the ring. The, like, whole, like, ring side. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Um, Maybe through the, the car door across. Yeah. The, like, I like seeing angry Brock, and this is a, a good angry Brock. Uh, we then have Paul Heyman come into the ring, and Paul says, what you just saw 
as little taste for Night of Champions. And it's funny that he's even referencing Brock Lesnar since Roman Reigns is his main dude now. But maybe... he's good at that. He's, he always like harpens back to, to mm-hmm. Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, the next big thing. Uh, there are three main events of Night of Champions. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens will lose the titles back to the bloodline with the Us- with the Usos sitting proudly at home. And that's when uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out. Paul Heyman leaves the ring and Sami says, we are heading into our biggest defense. This is very personal to me. And then Kevin says, I like to say something. Roman Reigns dedicated the victory to the Wild Samoans. I like to dedicate our victory to the true pillars of the bloodline, the Usos. Um, and then Imperium come out and they like surround the ring. And before anything can happen, Matt Riddle runs down and evens the odds. And it looks as if we're going to get Riddle, Owens, and Sammy versus Imperium later. Let's dive into this. We're dedicating this match to the Usos. Obviously, the Usos are going to play a huge role, in my opinion, in the in the match itself. Um what do you think, though, realistically? Do you think this is a good storyline, though, at this point? I said this a couple weeks ago. Like, for me, it doesn't make sense why Kevin and Sammy are still, like, you know, like, the Usos, we feel bad for them. Like, these guys have attacked you, like, nonstop. Like, why do you feel bad for them? And then just last week on SmackDown, you know, they're talking, and then the Usos attack them from behind. So why dedicate this match? Do you think as like a, you know, realistically, this is a, you would ever really feel bad for someone who attacks you constantly? And um, what do you think of Matt Riddle coming out to make the save and their issues with Imperium? A lot's happening here. Yeah, I mean, the the Riddle thing, it's like, eh, I, I'm not really thrilled with the whole like him coming back out. You know, I feel like he's always coming out. Uh, I don't know how much more he really can do at this point. I don't know if they really have like, any kind of other uh, storyline with Riddle right now. I think he's just kind of like the third wheel right now. Um, I agree with you. I think that there's a storyline with the Usos, but them attacking Owens and Zayn, it doesn't make sense then. You know, mm-hmm. like like I could see them like sticking up, like like Zayn and Owens sticking up for the Usos, but they, they wouldn't be attacking them then. Um I like Zayn and Owens together. I always have, you know, harping back to like their P uh PWG days, like I always like them together. Um, PWG days, um, and like the Ring of Honor days. Obviously, they've always had chemistry. You know, they're always been good together. Um, and they're a very like fun tag team to watch. They have great chemistry. They're very funny together, especially with the whole Imperium thing. Like yeah. they're very funny about that. Yeah. When Gunther was like staring at Zayn and, and Owens was like like slap like snapping in his face and stuff like that. So I'm excited for this match because I think that the Usos play a very big role in this match. I think that fans are assuming one thing's going to happen, and I think it makes the most storyline sense. But WWE seemed to gone the other way in a lot of these matches that like we haven't been expecting recently. So I'm uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm still not used to seeing Zayn and Owens in Saudi Arabia, so that's kind of different. But uh, but we'll see. I I don't, you know, maybe the bloodline has run its course. It, they've been together for a very long time. I think that, you know, they've teased us now with, with Reigns and Solo. They've teased us with the breakup for a while. Uh, you know, they pull the trigger on Zayn leaving the bloodline. Is it time to tease us? Is it time to pull the trigger on, you know, the Usos leaving and going back to being faces? You know, I mean, fans will 
instantly like the Usos again. You know, they 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 haven't hated yeah. the Usos this entire time. Um, and fans will cheer Solo. He's a great character. You know, they really like him. So, um, you know, so we'll figure it out. But I don't think Solo's going to take the title off of Reigns, but it'll be a good, you know, a good fit. And who who knows where Paul will go? I think Paul knows where to where to stay. He'll probably stay with Reigns. But there's a lot of different ways that we can go with this. But I hope they keep the titles on on Zayn and Reigns and Zayn's and Owens at this point. I agree. I do think though that if they do keep the titles on Owens and Zayn, they really have to be done with this whole bloodline storyline after Night of Champions because it's been seven months. Like we get it. Literally, they these guys have been going at it since Survivor Series. What else is like you you're not gonna beat Roman. You haven't, you know, like you got the titles, you got your purpose, you broke up the bloodline pretty much. Move on. Like, you know, like I really need to see new because I'm honestly I'm getting bored kind of with Kevin and Sammy right now just because it's like you you did your goal now like Kevin's right like Sammy get over it let's move yeah. on like find something new to do now so hopefully after Night of Champions we'll see and maybe with Imperium coming on Raw they'll be the next challenger but we got our first match of the night we have Bronson Reed defeating Ricochet in a pretty decent match here um there is a moment where um, Bronson did a really cool shoulder block off the apron. Um, and then the end comes after a power slam and a tsunami. I really like Bronson Reed. I had a feeling Ricochet wasn't going to win this one. Uh, where do you see like Bronson Reed in WWE? Do you see him as like an intercontinental champion, or do you think he's just going to be one of those like, um, Otis guys who's big, has big potential but then kind of is just put it like i don't know what's because bronson reed really that tsunami the way he delivers it with such force like it's really good so but what do you think you know i think i think he has a higher ceiling than otis um you get to forget this guy is less than a year removed away from beating okada in new japan uh so clearly new japan saw something in him which i think is why triple h is very quick to bring him back um, I I don't see him as a world champion. Uh, however, I do think this new world champion really does give a lot of opportunities to guys that would not have gotten it uh, previously. I think this is going to be like a workhorse champion. Um, that's why I really think like that there's there's one guy that should win the new championship. I think it's just it's going to be a workhorse champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't think Reed gets up that high. Do I see him winning like a U.S. title, possibly, or like an Intercontinental Championship, possibly? Not now, because I don't think anyone's taking it off Gunther right now. Uh, Gunther has like restored that to he he did what what Cena did for the U.S. title. Like it has become a prominent championship that everyone really wants to win now. Um, I hated this because I love Ricochet. I have been such a big Ricochet fan for years. I I've watched his matches back when WCPW was a thing that lasted for like. 30 days. Um, the guy has so much talent, Ricochet. I, I I wish they used him properly. He could have been like this generation's next Mysterio, like mm-hmm. small guy that could have beat mm-hmm. bigger guys. It could have been so good. They just don't use him properly. Um, like he's one of those guys that if they released him, could potentially be a world champion somewhere else. Like he's that 100%. guy. But he's with that Strowman pairing. You I think, think he's going to be in WWE for a while? 
Yeah, I think he likes it there. I know his wife is there, or fiance, whatever they are. I think the uh, Samantha Irvine, the announcer. He's still young, too, so it's yeah. not like he's, okay. Because I get worried sometimes, because, again, like I know Ricochet has been competing for a while now. He has. He started when he was, like, know, 19. So back in I, the day, I, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, like, comfortable there now. Um, you know, he got the, the title ring, the, the NA title in NXT, so he has some experience there. You know, he reminds me of like a Dolph Ziggler type of guy where like he'll he'll go out there, he'll perform great matches, everyone will appreciate him for his matches, but maybe not win the big one. You know, I know Ziggler won a few tight, you know, won a few world heavyweight titles, but uh, you know, I hope we're gonna say eventually we'll, you know, like get his flowers eventually. But but no, Reed is someone that that I'm glad they brought back because that tsunami is phenomenal. It's a great top rope move. Mm-hmm. A guy like that should not move that way. He's like a Vader where he should not move that well, but he does. Well, let's move on. I agree, man. Bronson Reed, boom, he's huge. We get a lot of backstage stuff. We see Apollo Crews getting interviewed, gets interrupted by Judgment Day. We see um, Judgment Day arguing with, with Shinsuke Nakamura on Raw Talk. We see part three of the Seth Rollins interview. And then we get our next match. That's a we good have- job, by the way. That's a really good interview right. thing with him. I haven't really- watched it. I should yeah. watch it. I haven't really. I, I, for me, it's like I'm more... Of the like, unless it's like really necessary, but like, do are they doing a good job though? They're you know, making... they did, they went back to like his first days at NXT, okay? So it's got like dusty and stuff like that. Like, it's like, it's like really when like he's like, right, I'm gonna be the next breakout star, and then like it kind of like moves up a little bit, like kind of slowly, but like not like too like drawn out that it's got him win the title and then all that kind of stuff. So it, it does a it does a pretty well job. I wish they did the same thing with AJ Styles though, I do too, but there's so, there's so much they can't like show. That. Yeah, like, give it, like, a WrestleMania 12 feel yeah. where it's, like, they're both, like, you know, like, not working out. But, you know, like, because it's, like, if you keep doing this, you're just going to make everyone think Seth is going to win. Like, I don't want going into this to think this person is going to win. I want to, like, have, I don't know. I wonder if they did reach out to TNA and ask, like, Could we... can we do this package? Because if we're doing it for Seth, can we do it for AJ? I, I wonder. I mean, they've used you know, TNA stuff before when they were doing, like, I think the Broken School Sessions, they, yeah. I know, like, I just think it might just be they are kind of want to fill time on Raw. And That's stuff. true. I mean, me and also, too, could be overthinking uh, it. <laughs> he's, he's also filming a movie, too, so it's like yeah. they have to do something with him and not... You're right, he's not there, so they gotta still promote it. You're right. So, um, alright, we get our next match. Zoe Stark defeats Candice LeRae after a Z360. And the thing about this match is that Nikki Cross has been involved in this weird relationship with Candice LeRae where she was crying, Candice felt bad for her, and then that storyline kind of dropped, and now it's back again. Um, Zoe Stark has been doing pretty good. She won last week as well. To me, Zoe Stark, though, isn't women's champion material. She's good. Um, but there's just, I don't know, there's something about her that's just kind of boring to me. But what do you think? Do you think Zoe Stark can be the Raw Women's Champion? Uh, Talent-wise, yes. But I think WWE is one of those companies that you need you need charisma on the mic to really be mm-hmm. a champion. Um, you know, AEW, I think it really works where like you don't have to be a great talker to be champion. Like, Jamie Hayter is a great wrestler. She doesn't have a great mic skills. But she's still the Women's Champion. Um Stark is very good in the ring. She was great in NXT. She's she's good here too. Um, but this whole Nikki Cross thing, I don't get. I, yeah. I really, I really thought it was leading to Sanity coming back, 
Mm. Like, I know Eric Young has been rehired and he's been there for a while. So I thought he was going to come back. And I thought, you know, obviously with her being married to Killian Dane, I thought he was going to come back. But he's actually been doing like a ton of indie shows. Um, so I thought maybe like that's where it would lead because she mm-hmm. talked about like, her family and all this stuff. Um, but I, I don't I don't understand this whole Nikki Cross thing at all. I like your character now. I I didn't like the old one where like she came out with like makeup on and all that shit. I didn't like that. Yeah. I well, you know, one thing that did that did leave me a little confused, and they did do this a couple weeks on Raw, and I could be wrong, but when the way was backstage, Gargano, Indy, Dexter, and Candace, they said he's coming. They said something about how he's here now or something, and I yeah, could, he'll be back soon. Yeah, like who were they? To, where was that a Kind of to Champa was yeah. That, that, that's got to be. I, I'm assuming that would be a Champa reference. Okay, but again, my question is: I hope they don't. Like, I wish they do a DIY thing. Yeah. I don't want the way to be a part of it. I just want it to be Gargano and yeah. Ciampa. Um, but yeah, I didn't even think about Sandy. That would be cool if that was the whole thing. Because she's it, starting to dress like it again. Like she's starting yeah. to rock and stuff. Like it's. I don't know. It's just, and I also feel like Candice LeRae keeps getting the shit on the stick. I mean, she is amazing too. And That's for sure. Get anything like ever. It's like let's have someone get loose. Let's put Candice LeRae there. Like, come on, man. She's fucking like hardcore. Before. She's not Barry Horowitz. Yeah. Um, okay, so we see Mustafa Ali being interviewed, and I just think like WWE needs to stop doing this shit because it's like I don't really like Ali. I don't really think he's gonna win. But when you have him being interviewed, you're he's fighting in his home. Is it his home country? Where is that? Where he's from? Or he's from Chicago, but he's he's like his home, like his yeah, home. Um, you know, like his his culture, like where he's from. Um, and you have the Intercontinental title, which is supposed to be the number one, the number two title on the line, and he's about to talk, and you have Brock Lesnar just completely interrupt him and just be like, "Get a life," and like. I I get it because he's buried Ali and like you and the whole match and the whole like you just made you made it seem to me that that match does not matter if he can't even talk on Monday Night Raw about a match why the fuck are we supposed why we got to go on his Twitter to hear him give his fucking speech about why he's gonna have a match why do we care it's like when you watch a TV show and like you go to the season finale and the creator is like okay like. Pretty Liars is really good for this. They'd fucking be like, okay, we're going to give you answers. And then, like, the finale comes. And then they're like, well, in the U.S. Ma- Weekly Magazine, I'm going to tell you what. Don't leave me with questions. Give me all the answers on TV. So I just feel like they made the match just completely not matter. It, it is funny because, you know, Brock Lesnar. But, I again, was that Brock kind of going in business for himself? Was that there on purpose? That was just very strange the way they did that. I, I don't I don't get why they bury talent to push someone who's already pushed. Like they didn't need to do I don't know. I just think like every match to me needs to matter, especially if you're fighting for the Intercontinental title against a person like Gunther. You're just shitting on your own company by doing that. Like I All right, so let me let me ask you this. Remember how Ali was was basically airing his dirty laundry on Twitter for a while, like asking to be released, saying he wasn't being used correctly, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Which historically WWE does not like. Mm-hmm. Like, don't talk shit about a company you're in, especially us. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there's some kind of deal in this Saudi deal where, like, 
you have to prominently use a Middle Eastern wrestler mm-hmm. in a big match. Mansoor yep. has been the guy for a while. Yeah. However, Mansoor basically is a joke right now. Like you're not going to use him in Intercontinental Title match. Like that would be that would make no sense. Like they would, would no sense, yeah. Yeah, like he would get murdered by Gunther realistically. So do you think this was like WWE going like, look, we'll give you Mustafa Ali, but like we're not giving you a legitimate match. He might get squashed this match. Well, they, if they're going to do that, sure. But then Triple H shouldn't come out and kiss their ass and be like, oh, I'd like to say hi to the Prince of the Saudi Arabian Kingdom and like, you know, do all that shit that he did at the press conference. You know, because he came out and he was like literally kissing ass. He's like, I'd like to thank the kingdom and then the, the Prince Shalalal Ding Dong for being, you know. Like, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you do that for a billion dollars a show? Yes, but again, like, I, like, I'm, that's why I want to be a good businessman mm-hmm. when it comes to this. Because I, would, you know, like I wouldn't be able to, because to do that, you kind of have to shit on your business a little bit. Yeah. You have to kind of say that I'm going to make my talent look like shit and do shit they don't want to do because, and, and that's wherever you go. That's all businesses. So it's just for me, it's like, because of the history of the title, I get it, like, but then don't go, then if you're going to look at it like that, like, okay, we'll give them what they want, we're going to take money from it, da 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 don't be so blatant to the fans about it, you know, like, let us, like, think that you're there for other reasons than money, you know, like, because they blatantly let us know, like, Sam yeah. has to explain why he hasn't been there, and I think uh, Topo came in the room and told me that he was explaining, like, his tattoos, I guess, has something that yeah, is, it's the same reason why Alistair Black could never go. Like, and I'm just, and I'm sorry. It's like, I'm not going to, and I get it. Like, also to business sense, sorry. I'm the type of person, and that's, again, why I would be a really good businessman. If you have it, why you got to keep going for more? They're already, like, multi, like, they don't need to do this deal in Saudi Arabia to be okay. You know what I'm saying? They're doing it to be greedy. They don't care if they the fans where the fans want them to go are places that I would say like I would love to see them go to Canada again, Australia, and, India, Australia. Those yeah. And I'm not saying this in a way of like oh fuck the Middle East because I'm no. It's like you've done this now for four fucking years. You've already yeah. you've done it now. We get it. You, you we get it. But it's just like, and I'll say this. And I don't, you know, on Sensor Frozen Podcast, as a child of 9-11, it is a little pill to, hard pill to swallow to, to be able to watch and say to yourself, okay, there's some, you know, what is the word, accusations that Saudi Arabia had some dealings to do with that. And although you don't want to blame all the people there, it's not all the fans there, you kind of say to yourself, well... You know, we're not going to North Korea or wherever the fuck it is. You, you get what I'm saying? I just think- no, yeah. I mean, that, that's why they got a ton of shit when it first got announced. Yeah. Like, remember when it, when it first got announced, like, I think we were like pulling diplomats out of Saudi Arabia, like, yep. because of how tense it was. But that's why it was like, you know, like, like John Oliver on that last week tonight show did an entire segment on WWE. Like, like what got- the fuck are they doing? Yep, yep, yep. yep. So, like, I get it. At that point, they were giving them like a billion dollars a show. It's the same reason why we saw Goldberg and Undertaker go over there because yeah. the Prince is a huge attitude ever fans. The same reason why we're seeing Trish Stratus go over there. I get it. But 
it's the same reason why everyone make that stupid blood money joke. I, I understand it because it's it's not far off. They're going there for the money. Yeah. So when it, we when we bring it back to the whole Brock Lesnar thing, to me it just said like, look, we'll give you this Middle Eastern wrestler because we're not giving you Mansoor again because it'll be a joke. But we're not gonna let Ali have a big stage there. You know, he he talks shit about our company. We've given him this up and down, up and down push. Mm-hmm. I see not, not a real push. It's never been a real push. Ali has never been a credible wrestler since he's talked all that shit on, on Twitter. He's been in retribution, which was a, a god awful attempt at at a new nexus. He he's been like in that U.S. title picture, but never a real credible threat. He was like with, with against Ziggler, and he did that thing with Ziggler. We kept going back. He was in like World Cup. Yeah, he was in that World Cup, which was won by a, a U.S. wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then he, a, I'm I'm like positive gimmick, like like where he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. for like thirty seconds. Like he said all these different gimmicks. So now we'll give you. You're your Muslim or Middle Eastern wrestler, but we are, he is not going to win this match. There's a chance he's going to get squashed, mm-hmm. and he's not getting mic time. You know, like we'll we'll agree to your contractual demands because you're giving us the money, but it's not going to be like the last few years where you got Mansoor. It's just not going to happen. And my, I mean, my question for you, then we'll move on. This isn't this important, but like you know, thinking about it too, like if I'm watching a show, right? Excuse me. And let's say I'm in India, right? Because they don't go there often. Which they're going back to in September. Yep. And I know everyone, just because Jinder Mahal is from India does not mean I want to see him fight for the title. You know, that would be like me being like, because I'm American, I want to see Otis versus fucking Seth Rollins for the title. Like, just because the dude's from fucking, you know, that that country does not mean that they are the, like, make the match mean something. And that's why I don't like these pay-per-views because they're just like, okay, let's put it on for the prince. Like, and it's just like, come on, man. Like, Musta- you might get some good action with Mustafa Ali because he's really fast and they might mm. work well together. But again, like, I'm just a real big traditionalist when it comes to the Intercontinental title. It's been shown for so long. I think yeah. about, like, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect, Shawn Michaels, like, and Gunther is a, an amazing champion. And just the fact that he's been champion for so long and how many matches can you think that he's had that are like with that title that are top 10? Like there's some, yes, but like he should be doing a lot more than he's doing. But let's move on before we go on break. Brock Lesnar comes out to the ring and uh, Brock says, I want to issue an open challenge for anyone who wants to face me at Night of Champions. This was good. This was good by uh, Brock. Yep, he says, all you got to do is come and step up to Brock Lesnar. Cody Rhodes comes out with his arm in a sling. Cody takes off the sling, and Brock immediately attacks and locks in the Kimura lock. And then Brock steps on Cody's arm and stomps on it. And it looks like Cody has no chance. His arm is broken. Brock locks in the Kimura lock. I mean, I would do the same thing, you know, if I'm trying to fight somebody. You know, why not? You know, I'm all about do what you got to do. Again, it's just another block in Cody's road there. But you like that there. What'd you think? I, I thought that was a really cool idea by Brock. All right, we're going to open, we're going to do an open challenge. Like, I'm not knocking the fight like champions. Obviously, Cody can't do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do the open challenge. And obviously, Cody was coming out. Um, You got to give it to Cody. The, 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 the guy is, is, 
he's gonna fight no matter what mm. you know um you know all the security and, and adam pierce and all of them are like please just don't go in the ring we know what's gonna happen um but cody's going hurt you know we'll talk about it at the end obviously uh you mm. know we talk about the ending of what what we think is gonna happen but uh christ brock is just is so big and, and he looks like Somebody, if you went in the ring with him, he could just do whatever he physically wants to do. It's like yeah. toss you around, do anything. But um, I thought this was a really cool segment. Um, and and you know, Cody paid for it. Dude, he did. I mean, he came out ready to fight, and Brock's like, "Bitch, stay down." Yeah, no. Um. All right, let's talk about our next match. Just another match we had: Alpha Academy with Maxine. They defeat the Viking Raiders with some help from Al- from Maxine. Uh, she distracts Ivar on Chad Gable to get the roll up. I kind of like seeing Maxine with uh, Alpha Academy. Me I too. I like I like the Gables involved now. Yeah, yeah. Gabe, like they're doing the whole like thumbs up. Like, let's do it, man. Why not? She's beautiful. She'll help you get the win. Just because she's into Otis doesn't mean that she's gonna harm you. It's a working situation, right? I like it. I, I like the I like the days when like the the valet was like involved with everything. Like Stacey Keeble with the dummy yeah, boys. Just, dude, she was like, just, that was good. She was involved. Yep. Yep. Totally. There's room for pretty women in WWE without having to know how to do every single wrestling move, and I feel like that's lost a bit. I feel like now if you want to be a, a – there's no – like Scarlet is a pretty face, and I know she can fight because I know she's fought before. Yeah. But I just want to see just a pretty face. I know. Perfect example was Lana. Wow. Lana was a terrific manager for Rusev. She did a perfect character. She's a great yeah. heel. Put yeah. her in the ring. She had no idea what to do. Nope. And then it's like, it's fine if you put her in the ring, but put her in a ring where, like, Maryse, when she's with the yeah. men. You know she's not going to win. Yeah. Have her be the heel role and do great at it. But, all right, let's move on quick before we uh, take our first break. Cody Rose is backstage. He yells at everyone because they're trying to help him. And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. We then get Shinsuke Nakamura versus Finn Balor with Damian Priest. And, um, of course, Damian Priest causes a distraction for Shinsuke. And uh, Finn nails a coup de gras to get the win. This is I was looking forward to this match because these are two phenomenal talents. Mm-hmm. It was okay. It didn't give me a lot. I was looking for more. Um, the right guy won in my eyes. and But Shinsuke Nakamura needs to get pushed a bit more. We'll talk more after the break, too. But tell me your thoughts on the situation. Everybody. Yeah, this is like a, a New Japan, you know, dream match at some point but uh no i, I want to see this match again with, with more time allotted to it um these are two of like you know the best workers out there uh, it's to me it seems like nakamura i can't tell if he's gonna be like the guy that they use to like push other talent or he's still gonna get a push i can't tell where they're going with him yet uh clearly balor and and priest are, are working really well together in this in this judgment day judgment day has really helped all four of the people that are in it and they really did a good job with that but yeah, it didn't give me a lot in this match, so uh, I want to see more out of it. I hope we get more, but you will get more of us. We'll be right back after our first break, and we're talking a lot more Raw. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. I'm still your host and WWE pay-per-view champion, the Hot Commodity, Ant C. And that's still my friend. Introduce yourself, sir. Hello, everyone. Still Anthony here. That's right. And we are covering... Monday Night Raw, and I'm going to promote you again, sir. You made that t-shirt. I did. My Memorial Day GCW shirt. GCW, and I can tell you're not a fan of GCW. 
Of course not. Of course not. I got a question for you about GCW. Sure. Like, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a pussy sometimes when it comes to gore. Um, I don't mind it, you know, but like when it comes to like the broken glass and shit, like it's like, yeah, can I watch GCW and be okay? No, no. So Game Changer Wrestling is a uh, New Jersey based independent promotion. They're like headquartered down in Atlantic City, Showboat. They actually just, uh, so this, not this weekend, what is this? June, let me see, June 6th. So like, was that two weekends? Uh, it's Tournament of Survival Weekend. It's like their biggest weekend. It's a deathmatch tournament. So there's uh, light tubes, barbed wire, glass, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, actually, me and my fiance are going. I, I've gotten her into GCW, so it's great. I love it. Um, actually, we're doing we're doing our engagement pictures on Sunday, and we're wearing you know like formal attire for one picture, and then she's a big Disney fan, so we're doing like a Mickey and Minnie picture, and then we're wearing GCW shirts in our third picture. Oh shit, um, that's awesome! But it's great. So I have I actually have like a bunch of posters here of like every event I ever went to. Uh, but this weekend actually is like a huge indie wrestling weekend, Memorial Day weekend. So like uh, tonight, so it's Friday tonight. So it's Impact has their Under Siege event. GCW has an event down in in uh, Los An- in Las Vegas, and then tomorrow there's like every indie deathmatch show is running like tomorrow. So like uh, Progress, which out of England has one, uh, WXW where like Gunther came from, they have one. Uh, XPW, ICW, GCW, they all have one tomorrow. Of course, the Night of Champions, obviously, is tomorrow. And then uh, the 28th, so Sunday, NXT and AEW are running one. Is so, this uh, Impact show tonight going to be any good, or is it? Um, Impact puts on good shows. I mean, Steve Macklin, the guy who used to be in the Forgotten Sons, he's their champion. Yeah. And the guy worked his ass off to get there. So, uh, and you know, he's I, with um, Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah. I lived, love her. She's from like 25 minutes away from me. She's in, from Nutley, New Jersey. I um, really like her. The virtuosa, man. Yeah. She's like, she's a really good wrestler. She's fighting Jordan yeah. Grace, who got like ridiculously muscular. Like, oh, my God. Really yes. muscular. So, is that the match that I mean? I know Macklin's fighting PCO. Like, I know some of the matches. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't get that match. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I, PCO kind of wore off with me once he like left Ring of Honor. But um, yeah, there's a couple of good matches. Uh, if I don't show. watch Impact all the time, can I still watch? Yeah, yeah. Impact's one of those things that you can still watch the matches. Like, you're not going to, they're not like super hung up on storylines. Uh, Fandango's still there. He's Dirty Dango in, in Impact Wrestling. He's fighting this guy, Joe Hendry, who was really big in England. In, uh, icw so it's good there's like a, you know like what if you're like haven't watched any of impact and you just are just like you know what uh, you'll like... still you'll still watch the wrestling the matches are always good okay. you know okay. impact i feel like impact really stuck to their guns like hey look we're not gonna be we're never gonna be the most popular we're never gonna be the most profitable but let's put on good shows you know they don't they don't sell out huge venues they're always in like ontario and stuff like that like in like their home base uh, so they know what they're doing. Do a recap because maybe I'll watch it tonight. If, if, if you know, if, it, it it should be good. Um, the last one they had was I think like their Slam anniversary, which is like they were like WrestleMania. It was good. You know, they had like a couple surprises, a couple guys from the past. Bubba Ray Dudley still wrestled there every once in a while. Tommy Dreamer used to. Um, but yeah, so GCW is uh, you know, I've gone to every event in Showboat. They actually just closed down like where like our venue was. It used to be the Carousel Room. And they have a whole, they just redid the entire showboat. Um, so they have like a new venue now. But any Deathmatch fan, 
knows GCW at this point. It became like the, the biggest independent wrestling company in the United States. So it was cool. Dude, I'm like, I'm excited for all this, Russell. You got me excited now. Now I'm looking. I'm like, VPN, VPN. What the fuck? Yeah, like? so uh, I have uh, Fight TV is the app I use for all GCW. Okay. That's, what, that's, you know, they have GCW and stuff like that. And then IWTV is what I use for like all like the smaller ones. Uh, there's another one, H2O, which is Matt Tremont. Impact is that fight too? Impact or... is on. I want to say it's on fight. But I could be wrong. Okay. okay. Uh, the other one in New Jersey is called H2O. That's Matt Tremont. He's the uh, independent wrestling champion right now. He's uh, the bulldozer. He's like a legend in the deathmatch community. They're running a show on Sunday too. Yeah. But all that's on yeah. IWTV. Like it's like it's like literally if you put IWTV. On your TV or on your phone, you can sit there for hours and just watch independent wrestling. It's great. You know, it's great to support independent wrestling. Dude, I, I feel you. I feel you. Let's let's jump back into um Raw though, because we could be talking for hours. We got Night of Champions, got a lot going on, man. A lot, mm-hmm. a, lot a lot. This is a good weekend. Uh so we just talked about Finn Balor defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. We now have Raquel Rodriguez defeating Sony Deville. And Sonia has Chelsea Green by her side. Raquel gets the one after Tiana Bomb. And after Chelsea Green and Sonia beat up Raquel, and who do they send down? Of course, they send her down every single time someone gets injured. Shotzi Blackheart. Here comes Shotzi to make the save. And uh, again, Shotzi is one of those women that they use to just sort of, you know, anchor in. Someone gets Dylan. her. They are. So, what do you think? I mean, really not a lot to talk about here, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I like Raquel a lot. You know, she was a beast down in NXT. I, I really wish Raquel would get pushed as a single star. I think she has a massive potential. Like, she's the type of person that I want to have a mid-card title for the women because she could run the mid-card women's title. Like, she would be, like, a great, like, intercontinental women's title. Like, that's what I think would be, like, a great start-off for the women's title. Um, and uh, the report came out today that uh, that not Sonya. Liv Morgan could be out for a while. Apparently, they think it is like her rotator cuff, so she could be out for a while. Uh, I don't think that Raquel and Sonya, and not Sonya, God, Raquel and Shotzi get the titles here. I don't know who does really, as long as it's not so. Uh, Shayna and Ronda. Uh, Ronda just really has not impressed me. I, I when Ronda came in, I was a huge Ronda Rousey fan. Like this is gonna be great. Crossover superstar, this would be great. And she just hasn't improved. Like, all you really want out of these people are to improve when they cross over. Like, Logan Paul has improved. Ronda hasn't. Um, So, but no, this match was all right. Uh, I actually like Sonya Deville a lot, another Jersey girl. Um, But Ra- Raquel is just somebody who, like, I really am impressed with. I think she's really good. But and Chelsea Green's cool, too. I mean, I, the thing with Ronda, though, I will say Ronda is as, as though she hasn't really improved – I will say that she does look like someone who can win a title. Like she does True. look like a beast. But she brings that like badass like badass energy. Yeah. Well, speaking of badass energy, Trish Stratus is backstage and she's asking for a no touch policy tonight during the contract signing. Adam Pierce is like, no, we're not gonna do that. Don't know why. What was the point of that promo if he's not gonna go along with it? But guess just to show that Trish is afraid of Becky here. So, is it me, or does Trish look better now than she ever did? Trish looks fucking phenomenal. Man. Oh my god, she looks amazing. Shucky Ducky Quack Quack, man. She is like, like honestly, she's looking, no offense, she looks better than some of the women in their 20s. 
and and she's like in her mid 40s i'd she's say 47 yep late 40s there you That's go amazing phenomenal trish man and she can still go lead yeah. poor lita god forgive me she love her to death but she she needs to freshen up on some of her entering work man and she's done now Whew. well becky comes out becky says come on out and sign it trish uh, trish fast then comes out and trish says this is my first contract signing. You've had so many, and that is because of me and what I did, the work that I gave to this business. Chris says, I single-handedly changed women's wrestling forever. Honey, I will always be number one, and it did take a broken nose for that to happen. What will happen to you when we lose the Night of Champions? So Trish is right. I mean, to be fair, oh, wait, sorry. Chris goes on and says, I got you figured out. Your biggest problem is you. I'll sign this. It's my first, and it'll be your last. So, Trish did make some. Um, she did make some, you know, facts here. Um, and the fact is true. Like, um, one second, trying to do this here. Okay, so um, I'm like looking over. I got. I'm, I'm doing Instacart, my friend, and I, and I had to get a refund here. So she's right. You know, Becky broke her nose and everyone kind of went hard. I'm Becky's number one fan, so I'm not hating. But it is true. Prior to that, it's kind of like she was an afterthought. So then Becky, Becky takes the mic and Becky says, you're scared. I'm not going to hurt you. You're scared that history is forgetting you. They remember you as being better than you are. Thank you, Trish, for being everything I hope I never become. You stab people in the back while I punch people in the face. I have a career you can only dream of. And if you think barking like a dog is embarrassing, just wait until Night of Champions. And then Trish pushes the table over and leaves. And Becky dropped a bomb with that. I mean, we remember we were there when it happened live. I did not even want to look at my mom when it was happening because I was embarrassed just to see that happened. So he really did hit a sore spot. They both actually did make valid points here. But uh, what do you think of this? I mean, for me, I'm excited. My two favorite women going at it. I'm torn here. But what do you think? Yeah, promo was an A+. The whole thing was was perfect. Uh, Trish played like a, a great heel in this one. Uh, really brought up some, some really good points. Um, and just played like a really good heel. And Becky just sat there and just kind of like crossed her legs and, you know, was just just listening to all of it. And I was shocked. I texted you immediately. I was shocked she brought up the dog thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like, that's like one of those things that like, I feel like everybody like does not want to bring back up. And when she brought it back up, I was like, holy shit. Like they brought that back up. Um, but this this match, I think is going to be like very hard hitting. I think you're going to see some things out of Trace that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, but this was this was like a great promo from both of them. This was a great segment, and I, I was really impressed from both of them. I think that uh, I think we're gonna see some, some like high flying stuff. I think Trish is gonna be really into it, and Becky's gonna be you know, Becky's always great. I'm a huge fan of Becky, so uh, I think we're gonna see a really good match with these two. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I I think that 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 we're gonna get a good match here, but I don't think this is gonna be the last time we see the two of them together. You know, I know that they're talking about SummerSlam. Sometimes plans change, 
But I think I think something's gonna happen. And I think Trish is gonna keep on going. Uh, but this is this is another one of those like the Saudi thing where we get like an attitude era star back in yeah. in the ring. So now we see Trish. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, so okay, let's move on now. I'm excited that match. I'm really looking forward to. We then get Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley defeating Apollo Cruz after Dominic nails a frog splash. Uh, I do want to talk about, we do have Rhea Ripley taking on Natalia at Night of Champions. That match hasn't really been discussed a lot. Um, I guess I'm mentioning that because that's sort of all the storyline is now, is Rhea and Dominic together. Dominic looked good. Um, Rhea, of course, helping Dominic get the win, pushing Cruz into the ring post. What do you think about uh, this the match? I mean, there's really not a lot to talk about, but what do you think? Yeah, there wasn't much there. I mean, Dominic is, I think they said he's like, 13 and one in his last 14 matches. They only lost the one to right WrestleMania. I think he's like nine and zero in his last nine matches. Uh, you know, if you look at Ray, if you look at Dominic when like he first came to WWE or like his run with Ray, if you told me that this kid would be like the biggest heel in WWE at this point, you would never believe it. Uh, like I said, this is a, you know everyone in Judgment Day ended up getting a lot better with their characters since joining the group, and Dom's really the one that definitely you know definitely benefited the most from it. Uh, Rhea plays the character great. Everyone played the character great. Uh, Apollo Crews is one of those guys that will be stuck in the lower middle card for the majority of his career, which sucks because he's a really good talent. Um, but overall, there wasn't just there just wasn't too much to the match. Yeah, and that's been happening with Dominic. And again, like I don't want to say this, but I feel like Dominic is becoming a nepotism person. Where like because of his last name, you know, I'm expecting so much from him, and I keep on waiting, waiting, waiting. And it's just like, are we just going to keep on waiting? Because so far, what he's doing isn't anything incredible in my eyes. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's a great heel on the mic, this whole mommy thing. But, like, when the mommy gimmick is done, what will happen? He's going to have to show out in the ring eventually. Yeah. So, we come to our main event. We have uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. They defeat Imperium. And there's a lot of action, a lot of back-and-forth action between all six men. But the end came after a haluva kick and swanton bomb to Giovanni Vinci. Um, really nothing to talk about here. I mean, yeah. it was a good match, but it was just sort of a basic match to just have a main event. What do you think? Yeah, it's a lot of like spots, a lot of back and forth. Imperium stood firm. Uh, but overall, it was what you expected. You know, Riddle was in and out, Riddle was in and out. And then, you know, eventually you knew that Owens and, and Zane would kind of finish it and you know, obviously Gunther wasn't going to get the pin. You was protected the whole match, so it's what you expected. A hundred percent. I mean, a good main event. You know, it just served to bring all these guys together, make the crowd remember that all these guys are fighting at Night of Champions. So, um, not all of them because well, Gunther is fighting. But all right, this is the this is sort of the moment that I've been waiting for because this has been on my mind since we go to the backstage and we see Cody Rose is there and Triple H walks in and Triple H says that. Um, you're afraid I'm going to tell you that your arm is broken. Um, I watched you go into Hell in a Cell with a torn peck. I don't question how tough you are. I know you're tough. I just, you know, this isn't the right thing to do. And Cody's like, what would you do? You would fight. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight Brock Lesnar. Triple H kind of gives a smile. And again, you know, you could analyze that however you want. You might analyze that as he's smiling because, oh, this guy's a young chipper. He's going to end Brock. 
you know, he's got it or he's smiling because this kid thinks he's going to end Brock. He don't know what he's in for, um, which is great because I like analyzing. I don't like answers all the time. Like I like answers, but I, I like to be guessed, guessing sometimes. Um, he says he's going to fight Brock. Triple H smiles, pass Cody Rhodes on his back. What do you think? Do you think Triple H, I, I know we've talked off air, but mm-hmm. do you think Triple H is leading Cody to his demise? Is this Triple H's plan? He's the block that's keeping Cody from ending his story? Or is he, you know, like the father figure that's like, look, you know, like, I care about you. I don't want you to get hurt. What do you think? I mean, he's a cerebral assassin. You can't really trust him. But what do you think? Yeah, no, I texted you like right after this happened. I had a different theory than I think most people did. I, I thought that, you know, Triple H got, you know, obviously Triple H is in, is in gorilla position, but like we're not supposed to know that, you know, as the audience. So, you know, Pierce makes a call earlier on saying, you know, Cody's still going to want to go through with this, blah, blah, blah. So then Triple H, you know, in the story drives there or whatever and gets there. Um, Triple H as a competitor obviously understands, you know, Cody's going to want to go through with this. To me, it was more like Cody saying to Triple H, like, look, you're a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. You would do the same thing. You would go through with this. Um, and I think that Triple H was like, hey, look, look I understand you're not, not going to go through with this. You're going to go through with it. To me, in my mind, this was like, somehow this match is going to lead to a third match. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it's going to be like a no DQ or something, but somehow Triple H is going to do something like, like hand Cody the sledgehammer. Like I, I told you, I pitched this to you. And like, we're all going to understand it because obviously Cody uses sledgehammer to demolish the throne in AEW. So it's going to be a callback to that. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that they're going to like, openly discuss the animosity between Triple H and Cody Rhodes with the AEW thing on WWE TV. I think they've both gotten past that, obviously, or if they wouldn't have brought Cody back. Okay. Uh, but but I don't think this is like a heel turn by Triple H. I think he's just too loved by the audience right now. Okay. Um, I could be I could be totally wrong. I really could be. But remember, Brock also broke Triple H's arm in the exact same way. So it could be that, you know, Triple H knows exactly where Cody's coming from. You know, he had the exact same experience. So I hope it's more of like, hey, I've been there. I know what you're going through. I would do the same thing. Not like a, you know, I'm feeding you to the wolves, you know, go do whatever you got to do. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say don't do it. I agree. I think um, I'm going to save my thoughts for our predictions in terms of like what Triple H is going to do. But before we go on, what was your match of the night or moment of the night for you on Raw? I think the promo with, with, or not promo, the contract signing was probably the moment of the night. I think that was overall like the most well done. I think Trish showed her heel work, which you really haven't seen at a Trish, the majority, the majority of Trish's career when she was a heel, it was kind of like very forced. Like when she was a heel with like the Christian and Jericho thing, like it was kind of like, eh, it didn't last long. Um, and Becky, like, played, like, a really good face. You know, just, like, sat there, didn't say anything, and then kind of, like, went on the offensive. So I think the, the, the contract signing was the best part of it. I agree. I mean, anytime I see Trish and Becky, I'm going to agree to you. But for me, I like the ending, Triple H, because I don't know what he's going to do. And that left me with a lot more questions. So I was happy with that. 
Well, listen, we covered all of Monday Night Raw. I want to thank you, Ann, for joining me. I want to thank everybody else for tuning in. We were on the road tonight at Champions, so we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, guys. Stay safe and stay uncensored. Bye, y'all. Peace.